Hi, my name is Dr. Joe Braid and I am the Burnout Recovery Doctor. I help healthcare professionals overcome burnout and get their energy back. So whether you're a med student, allied health professional, or a doctor who is suffering from feeling overwhelmed and exhausted, you're in the right place. In this podcast, you will get your energy back through strategies for burnout recovery. This show will give you the practical tips and mindset strategies to help you recover from burnout in healthcare. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Burnout Recovery Podcast. In celebration of International Women's Day 2023 with the theme Cracking the Code and Innovation for a Gender Equal Future, I am delighted to welcome Mel Watson on as a guest. Mel is a dynamic, engaging woman from Orange who lives here with her family. She is an expert in DEI and has a well-being membership and a monthly self-care box. Welcome, Mel. Thank you so much, Jane. I'm so privileged to be here with you. So great you are here with us on the show today. Let's hear a little bit more about your journey and how you got to where you are now, please, Mel. Okay, so thank you for the lovely introduction. I have worked as a DEI strategist and specialist for a number of years, and prior to that, people and culture strategy. Mm. Uh, I'm actually a neurodivergent woman, which really plays into how I got to where I am now, because I had my own experiences through the pandemic, as many of us probably did, with burnout and Uh, took a six-month sabbatical from my role in DEI strategy and decided I wanted to do something that I could fit around my lifestyle but also give back to women because I could see that Mm. burnout uh, in all of the highly capable women around me. And um, I thought I had the skills and some personal experience that I could do something different. So that's how I got to where Mm. I am now. Yeah, fantastic. Great. So, um, you've you've uh, evolved into producing and that um, this wonderful membership that you've got a wellbeing membership and the monthly self care box. Um, with that background in being an expert in people and culture strategy, how has that influenced your evolution? Why did you see that there's a need for this sort of specific? gift this specific offering that you've got um for the for the world certainly for women in australia at this stage i believe yes yep starting with australia not conquering the world (laughs) just yet uh i think if you've ever worked in people and culture and um, i i think a lot of your listeners probably have in one either as a people manager or a Mm -hmm. team manager uh you get to see people at their best and you also get to see them when they're most challenged and one thing as women that we see a lot is we're told to put our oxygen mask on right like put your oxygen mask on put yourself first but how do we do it there's never like Mm. a how and there are always these lovely gifts like go and have a hot bath that's lovely, but when do I have time to do that? How is that actually fixing my problem? So what I wanted to do is still have that lovely, giftable, time-out experience, self-care experience, but I brought in um, some of my HR and D&I experience to build out a framework. So it's actually an online membership where women can access 
experts like yourself, mm-hmm. Joe, uh, that speak about the really practical tips that they need. It's in a really accessible format that doesn't take a lot of time. They don't have to turn up live. And then we couple that with the planning and the boundary setting. So it's really, instead of just sending a lovely gift of bath salts, they're really getting that framework that they can easily implement and actually address the causes Mm. of burnout and the causes of stress. And it's a how rather than here's some bath salts. This is how you use them. This is how this will help you. Oh, it's a great box with so much included every month um, from the planners that you put in there to the, you know, reading material that's always included in there as well. And then the gifts are just wonderful with um, the most recent box having some real favourites of mine with Monday Distillery, that non-alcoholic drinks there. And you also shared some shower steamers. And I think they were such a great gift with that sort of accessibility for all. You might be aware I also work as a clinician with working with people with traumatic brain injury. And I can tell you the number of people I work with who would be having a bath on a regular basis, I could count on one hand. So having um, something that you can use in a shower, however you access a shower, that can have that gorgeous aromatherapy smell wafting up as you you have your shower is just such a great sort of inclusive and accessible gift to include there. Oh, thank you. And I think the other thing is, right, if you're accessible and you think about it, you think about who has a shower, who has a bath, it's not just making it inclusive for the people who don't have um, a bath due to an injury. If you fix it for the people that need it from an accessibility perspective, it helps everyone because you think about people in small apartments. You think about people traveling a lot Mm. with hotels. Like a bath has become an actual luxury. And if I always say if you fix it for the people that need it as an accessibility Mm. issue, you actually make it better for everybody. So good. So good. So um, let's talk about one of the themes in International Women's Day this year. So I'd be fascinated to know your thoughts about equality versus equity and how you see that in the well-being space. Yeah, that's a really good one, Joe. and we can come back to those shower steamers, <laughs> right? Uh, the difference between equality and equity, equality is when we say we're going to give everybody the exact same. We're giving everybody equal access to something or we're giving everybody the same tools to do something and we talk a lot about Mm -hmm. fairness, right? The difference is equity takes into account that people have different needs and Mm -hmm. different starting points. So if you're a woman with three children under six and everybody gets invited to the morning meeting at 8.30 a.m., everybody's had exactly the same opportunity but your starting point or your needs are different to perhaps some of the other people mm-hmm. in that office so you can apply to apply that to everything but i just think that's a really easy to understand yes. example uh, and then obviously as you build layers of marginalization first nations people um absolutely in every aspect of life are starting um with less yeah. privilege and people with disability and so on so that's what equity is and i think in the well-being space in particular 
um, we forget that not everybody has access or the financial means mm. all the time to go, you know, I'm really tired. I need to go and see somebody who's an mm-hmm. endocrinologist or I need to go and see somebody who can, like a, a counsellor. Those first steps are often really, really hard uh, to access for somebody who's time poor, financially mm. poor, uh, and have other barriers. So the more accessible, and telehealth's yeah. a great mm-hmm. one, right, during mm. the pandemic, the more accessible we can make well-being to everybody taking into account people's different starting yes. starting points and mm. their different needs, the better our health outcomes sure. are going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not a doctor. I, I certainly am not encouraging my members to not see mm. a doctor, but this is almost like the stepping stone, right? This is something to trigger in the mind. It takes no time at all. It's mm-hmm. really affordable. And that's what I wanted yeah. to do. It's accessible, and if they have a concern, then they have next steps. They go, oh, I'm feeling really burnt out. I've met mm. this expert mm. called Joe Brave through this membership. I now know how to contact her. I know mm. what she does. And even if that's not for me, I know what questions to ask my GP. Oh. So it's, it's giving everyone more access to the information to start that yeah. conversation. Love that. Mm. And I talk a lot about gender, it's International mm. Women's Day, but you, as I said, you can apply that across the board and we just ne- need to be really mindful when we're talking about equality and talking about what we see as mm-hmm. fair when we're interacting with other people. Are we actually thinking about them as a person or the different people we might be interacting with and how we can make things more accessible yes. for them? Yes, yes. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's more that sort of bigger scope of what you're considering here rather than just one person who might be in front of you. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's a really clear explanation. Um, I heard another um, analogy on that sort of if you were looking to provide afternoon it's it's a smaller analogy, but if you're looking to provide afternoon tea for a number of different people, but somebody's got an allergy, then you have to take into account what allergy that they might have so that everybody has got a suitable afternoon tea or meal coming up for them that's not going to make them unwell when they enjoy that snack. Exactly. And if people look at it from that perspective rather than, and I hate this term, but you hear it a lot, giving people special mm, treatment yeah. if they if they consider it that allergy analogy is perfect because it's you know you're giving someone something different but is it really special treatment giving them food that won't right. kill them yeah not really <laughs> pretty yeah pretty life giving and essential I, I reckon that option rather than the other one let's ask this question how do you yeah. see technology innovation and accessible education being part of the theme of International Women's Day 2023 and beyond? Yeah, so there's two really exciting parts to this. And what I would really like your audience to think about is starting small as an individual, because we can get really caught up in the you know, what about the access of people in the third world to the internet? There are just so many issues that I have no mm-hmm. control over. 
But if we just take it back to really small things like telehealth, as I said, telehealth is a technology that is absolutely making healthcare more accessible and more gender mm -hmm. neutral. Women don't need to find childcare to get to the doctor. They can do it from their office, uh, which, you know, and men can and non-binary people can. It's just making that more accessible. And that's one part of technology. And then you've got other things, other mm -hmm. innovations uh, that you don't even think about in your daily life, like internet banking. Sure. Yeah. Right? Internet banking is, you know, a really, really simple thing that everybody uses. But until there was internet banking and those bank branches were starting mm. to close, you had a lot of people in rural and regional areas, First Nations people, uh, sort of a long way from a bank branch yes. who were disadvantaged and didn't have the same mm. access. Uh, so there's a lot of things that we already have and we're already seeing roll out in the technology and innovation yeah. space. <clears throat> the real thing um, that will make the huge difference for gender equality is, as you said, that accessible mm. education and helping people who aren't currently represented in high numbers into those STEM mm -hmm. subjects so we're talking sciences, but we're also talking technology. Uh, so when those innovations have rolled out, they have the lived experience of everybody. Yeah. And I've got a Please. little example, right, uh, on mm -hmm. internet banking. So in the 60s, when computer science first started to be offered in universities, we had about a 50-50 mm -hmm. split of men and women accessing that university. Now, there's a couple of things. University was free for a long portion of time in Australia and it was also something new so it didn't have as much of a gendered mm -hmm. lens because it was new it was computer science that there hadn't been this gendered lens put on it now we're sitting at about 20 percent so we've mm -hmm. had a real drop yeah. over mm -hmm. the years and so that means quite a lot of the people developing technology like internet mm -hmm. banking are men of a particular financial background and there is nothing wrong with that but one thing we found throughout um, one of the royal commissions is and and through a study that commonwealth bank mm -hmm. actually did on women's financial security and financial abuse is perpetrators were using financial um internet mm -hmm. banking to get around um AVOs and, and, and directly send contact to mm. victims. So they were actually sending like one cent transactions many times a day and using the notes section to directly abuse their victim who then get these horrible notifications continually pop yeah, up on their right. phone. Now that, that was because they didn't have the experience of victim survivors mm women who had been through abusive relationships they didn't have that experience when these apps were developed and when they actually looked at how many instances there were they were mortified wow. and it wasn't until that came out through a study and a commission from survivors and that that just shows you why that education piece and having mm. all genders 
in these fields, these emerging fields is yes. so important. Goodness me. Yeah, significant story for sure. And um, something that we take for so granted now and thinking about how that was abused in the early days, I guess. Yeah, misused in the early days. Yeah, yeah so that abused in the early days, that was only um, what we, resolved, yes. shall we say, in about right. 2019. Yeah. So it's recent yes. history, right? Mm. Recent history. Yeah, look at that. Okay, well, um, thanks for sharing that that story to sort of highlight the accessible education um, and and development with technology and some of the pitfalls that can come with that as well, considering um, who the range of staff can be behind the development of the technology. We had a wonderful collaboration this month. So we did the behind the scenes work, I guess, in January or late December. Uh, for your membership, the burnout issue. Um, talk to me more. You, you're obviously a personal, um, a, per, a wonderful woman who's got through her own burnout journey to the other side, and you've put into place some significant changes in your life. Why do you see burnout as such an important issue, and how is gender and diversity and inclusion a factor? Yeah, so as you can tell, I'm really passionate about burnout and gender in particular, some of the points we've just discussed, uh, the particularly through the pandemic, the disproportionate uh, workload and home duties taken on prior, primarily mm -hmm. by women uh, through that um, pandemic while also homeschooling for many women with mm -hmm. young children while also trying to keep their jobs afloat while they were working yes. from home uh, there were many studies done it's a well understood and accepted mm. fact that women before the pandemic had the majority of the mental load and then through the pandemic that actually yes. worsened so women that that just makes sense that women were prime mm. for burnout we were absolutely more at risk of burnout than any other population and then as i keep saying if you add other barriers to that or other marginalization mm. issues if you're a woman with disability uh, it, it just compounded if you were a First Nations woman that didn't have access to your mm. community um, and quite often the work that um, First Nations people and lower income women are doing is caring work that can't be done from home. So there's yes. a loss of income. So all of those factors put us as women behind mm. the eight ball and that's why I see that as very gendered and very, very important yeah. for women. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, you ask about how diversity and inclusion mm. plays into that. Well, you use the shower steamers as an example. It's making that self-care, making that well-being accessible to not just women, but to mm. everybody. And it's thinking about literally everything I do is with the lens of accessibility. So I do a lot of environmental stuff, sustainable stuff, but I still have paper planners. Yes. 
mm. in the book in the box now that is very deliberate because if you then say we're saving the environment please log on and mm. print off your planner how many people don't have access sure. to a printer yes. and then there's that time component are they actually going mm. to sit down with their cup of tea and do their planner if there's barriers to that so it's making it neurodivergent friendly it's making it accessible because as i said i think we're very mm. prone to burnout and um a lot of us are recovering from burnout yes, still yes. and so that needs to be taken into account as you're developing products as you're interviewing yeah. experts so well considered mel there are so many different facets to your membership and your self-care box that you've considered it's it's phenomenal yeah and I think even though burnout is described as an occupational phenomenon in the workplace, it's very much um, caregivers in any role who are vulnerable to burnout. And that's exactly what the um, anecdotes and also the research have shown in these challenging last few years that we've had. Yes, mm. absolutely. Okay. so. I'm curious to know what lies ahead for what Melly did next. You've already considered a lot with putting this box together and the first two boxes have been amazing. When this podcast is released, the March box, I guess, will be in your um, audience's hands. What lies ahead? Yes. Uh, a lot of things. Uh, the few main ones for this year is we're looking to just focus on the one membership for the first half of the year but by christmas we will have developed some gifting mm. options but very very particular gifting options to help women who tend to take on the mental load uh -huh. of gifting at busy times of the year so you're thinking teachers gifts done for mm. you teachers gifts done for you Chris Kringles, those sorts of things that are just going to take that mental load away. You can log on and just do all of that at once. Uh, the other thing I'm really, really excited about, which is probably more early 2024, mm -hmm. are some targeted boxes. So by that, I mean, at the moment, our membership is for all women and we cover topics that generally mm -hmm. affect all women. So we're talking sleep, we're talking burnout um, an upcoming issue will be a body issue talking about how to look after your body your muscles listen mm. to your body very general um, to women in all life stages but we'll be looking to bring out some specific kits if you like for things like yeah. maternity things like retirement um perimenopause sure. that women can then access when they are at a particular stage mm -hmm. in life and want more targeted information. Yeah. So they're probably the top two things that we're looking at. Oh, developing. excited to see these developments, Mel. They sound great. I'm loving the idea of done for you Christmas gifts. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And I love gifting. So for me, it's just playing, <laughs> right? Um, I'm doing what I love and I'm helping women who what don't love it. win, win. So, yeah, so yes. good. Okay, would you like to share with my audience a part of your self-care routine that you never miss? Okay, 
your audience are going to groan because it is super boring. But the part that I never miss is mm -hmm. the planning. So at the beginning of every month, without fail, I will look at my month ahead and I will identify pockets that I protect mm -hmm. with my life for downtime yeah. and self-care. So the self-care changes. One week it might be a hot bath and a book. Another week or another day it might mm -hmm. be a walk. But for me it's about managing that time and making sure that those pockets yeah. happen. So that's my non-negotiable. I'm also quite partial to a self-care Sunday. So I try and get everything I need to get done, like the boring stuff, the kids' uniforms, mm -hmm. all of that stuff done mm -hmm. by Saturday so that Sunday evening I can just chill out, prepare for Monday morning. I'm not racing around going, where was that book that needs to go in sure. that school bag? Let's be honest, that does still happen yeah. sometimes. Um, I'm not perfect, but they're my two. I try to protect Sunday evenings and I try to make sure that I plan out my month ahead with my self-care in mind. I think that's great. And I've I've worked with clients as well who used to look at their diaries with dread. Every spare moment, every lunch was double booked or booked over and that change in mindset to go, no, this is white space and it is really important that I don't overbook with that. And I would love if you could share with my audience, what is it that you use or what's your strategy so that you hold yourself, even as I'm sure your calendar gets busier and busier with your evolving business and, um, you know, trips to Sydney and so forth that are probably happening more and more on the horizon, how, what is it? What is your thought or what is your feeling that keeps you committed to that, I'm going to call it white space or self-care space in your calendar? Yeah. So what keeps me committed is knowing what happens when I don't mm, prioritise that, sure. right? So I've come through burnout and it's when you hit that rock bottom and you can't you actually are feeling like, I hate my life. I don't understand, like, how do I get off this um, mm. mouse wheel of just constantly doing, doing, doing. I'm tired. I'm not enjoying anything. I'm not engaging. And you're in, you just hit absolute exhaustion. Part of my recovery was that boundary yeah. setting. And I even know that the couple of weeks that I have slipped a bit because it's been a bit busy and I felt like, oh, I'll just slot it in, just get it out of the way. On the other side of that, the next week I can really yeah. feel it. And I think that has part to do as well. Like I have a chronic illness, um, I have Hashimoto's, so I need to be very careful about fluctuating mm. energy levels. Uh, but I just know if I don't do it, I have a very real feeling and understanding of the yeah, consequences. Sure. Yeah, I think that's um, a great way to approach it. And those of us who have been through burnout are vulnerable to it, to it happening again. It goes with our personality. It goes with our high achieving style of approaching life and having that awareness so that anything that's sort of low grade and meandering along, we can go, oh, yeah this is looking familiar. 
I don't want this to get any more amplified than what it currently is. What do I need to change or put in place now? Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Well, Mel, thank you so much for your time, for coming on the podcast today. I know my listeners are going to get a lot from what you shared, particularly around this International Women's Day 2023 special episode. Please share with my audience where they can find out more about you. Absolutely. So uh, I'm very active on Instagram. That's probably the best place to engage Mm -hmm. with me and on all of the socials, so Facebook and Instagram, I am at what Melly, M-E-L-L-I-E, did next. And I'm sure, Joe, you'll put some links I somewhere. Will. I'll put them in um, the show notes. Don't, don't worry if you don't remember. Uh, my website, very easy to remember, same thing, whatmellydidnext.com.au. And I'm just forward slash Mel Watson on LinkedIn. So that's where you can find me. Fantastic. Mel, thanks again for your time. We'll catch up again soon. Yes, lovely to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to the Burnout Recovery Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please hit subscribe and head on over to my website at drjoebraid.com. There you can download my free guide with 10 tips to take if you're nearing burnout. See you next time.